0: A reading from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 31. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see me any more, but you will see me, because I live in you, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. You heard me say I am going away, and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now, before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let me start this morning by asking you a question. How would you define love? And where in that definition does obedience come? Well, this is how Jesus continues in John chapter 14. We started in the first half of John chapter 14 last week, where Jesus is telling those that are gathered with him at the Last Supper that he is making a way for us to be with the Father. And Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. If we want to see what God the Father is like, we look at Jesus. As we take a look at the rest of chapter 14 this morning, would you pray with me? Jesus, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Jesus continues this conversation with the disciples with an if-then statement. Jesus says, if you love me, and then finishes that by saying, then keep my commands. Jesus is linking obedience to Jesus' commands, to Jesus' teaching, with showing love to Jesus. You know, sometimes we may have lost a loved one and we might do something special to keep the memory of that person alive. Uh, Maybe we get involved in an organization that has to do with that loved one that reminds us of that loved one. I've known some people who have started nonprofits or done fundraisers in memory of a dear one that they've lost and that's a way for them to continue to remember them by honoring them in that organization or that fundraiser to keep their memory alive. Well, Jesus is telling his followers that he won't always be physically present with them. And says if Jesus says if you want to continue to show your love for me, then do the things I taught you to do. See, to love Jesus, to follow Jesus is not just to say one time that Jesus is my Savior and then do with your life what you want to do. It would be a little bit like me telling my wife Katie that well you know one day years ago in July 2007 I told you I love you and then I go and do whatever I want and never show that love never express that love to her since that time. Now we We show our love in the way that we act. You know, Jesus repeatedly links obedience and love. Jesus says something to this effect in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, where he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus follows this scripture up with a story about a wise man who put Jesus' Jesus' words into action. And that's like a wise man who built his house upon stone, upon a rock, who had a solid foundation, and when the rains came, the house stood up. And he compares that with a foolish man who builds his house on sand, and when the rains come, it washes away. Jesus says, this is like someone... Who doesn't put Jesus' teaching into practice? We might say, well, hold on a second. I thought that we are saved by grace and not by doing good things. You know, salvation, being saved from sin and death, is a benefit of the good news or the the gospel that Jesus is Lord. You know, the gospel is really the, the story of Jesus. Jesus brings the ancient story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of the people of Israel. Jesus brings that story to its conclusion. And then Jesus comes as the the incarnation, the the God-man, completely God, completely human, to live and to show us the love of the Father. Jesus dies in the place of sinners, Jesus is buried, and then Jesus is raised to new life as he conquers sin and death. And then Jesus is glorified by ascending or returning to the Father from where he came. This is the gospel message that that Jesus taught that the apostles and the early church continued to proclaim. And the good news, simply stated, is Jesus is Lord. And this has all kinds of ramifications for our life and for the life of the world. It means, in part, the restoration of creation. We see this highlighted towards the end of the book of Revelation, where Eden is restored and everything is returned to the way it was meant to be. Part of what the gospel means is that corrupt systems are being limited or will be done away with. Part of what it means is the recovery of the beauty of the created order that Creator God intended from the very beginning. Part of what the gospel means is justice and peace and wholeness. And the gospel also means salvation, being saved from sin and death. You know, Jesus as Lord or Jesus as King, out of his grace has made salvation possible, freely given. It's not something that we could ever do on our own. You know, I'm guilty, you're guilty, we're all guilty. And yet, my death, your death, our own striving, our own working, uh, no matter how much good stuff we could ever do, would never undo our sin let alone the sin of the world but this this free gift of Jesus something is required of us and Jesus is saying here in John chapter 14 that something is obedience this is why Jesus talks about counting the cost of following him and seeing if we're willing to pay that price. Here in what's called the farewell discourse in John, Jesus links obedience to love. Repeatedly, Jesus links obedience to the way of Jesus with love for Jesus and therefore love for the Father. James, when he writes, His book, James draws powerfully on this point when he says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? And then he goes on to say, Faith by itself without actions is dead. You know, most of us want Jesus as a Savior. We want to be saved from the bad things. We want to be saved from sin and death. But we struggle with Jesus as Lord. You know most of us have been formed as enlightenment, um, personal, liberty-seeking Americans. You know, we have a, a history and a proud tradition of rebelling against authority. This is not a sudden COVID-19 development where people are questioning the authority of government officials. We actually have a, a long history of this as Americans. You know, we at Spring Creek Church of the Brethren are part of an Anabaptist tradition that also has a longer history going back into the 15th century of questioning authority, and that tradition even goes back further than that. You know, the Anabaptists are the first group that really develops the idea of separation of church and state. And while I celebrate that tradition, I want us to understand that that came about because these followers of Jesus declared that there was a king to whom they owed all allegiance, fidelity, and faithfulness. And it wasn't the king of whatever country they lived in. The king was Jesus. In fact, there's a story about a a guy named John Noss, who was a a big guy, uh, tall and strong, and at one point, he was conscripted to come and serve in a prince's uh, bodyguard. And John refused to serve in the prince's bodyguard. And he was, he was beaten, he was tortured, all kinds of terrible things. And finally, he was brought before the prince. And, and they asked him, why do you refuse to serve the prince? And John Nas basically said, look, I already serve the prince of peace. How can I go and serve this other prince as well? You know, I struggle personally with lordship, recognizing Jesus as king or lord of my life. It's in me to resist and push back against authority. It's in me to to want to do things on my own. I mean, isn't this part of human condition ever since the first humans in the Garden of Eden? They wanted to do things on their own. But I want you to know that this is no ordinary king, King Jesus. The early church declared, Jesus is Lord. They called him the Prince of Peace, the Alpha and the Omega, which means the beginning and the end of things. He is the slaughtered lamb who roars with the authority of a lion. And what is owed to the the king is what the New Testament word, it's pistis in Greek. And it means allegiance, fidelity, or most often it's translated in our Bibles as faith or faithfulness. This is the word that is in Ephesians 2.8 where it says we are saved by grace through faith. Or faithfulness or it could say allegiance. Here in John Jesus says if you love me keep my commands. So how do you show your love to Jesus? You know history is full of people uh, rebelling against corrupt and unjust rulers or tyrants But Jesus is a different kind of king. And the kingdom of heaven is a different kind of kingdom. King Jesus stops to wash our feet. He loves through giving his own life, and he's able to redeem and to renew and to restore. Jesus, we confess that not everything is right in our own lives. We confess that we often say we love you, but we often don't show we love you. There's times where each of us fails to follow your commands. I pray that you would forgive us, restore us, renew us, help us to continue to be remolded in your image. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.